The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question? And I listen more attentively. I think God just hates me. I think that's what it is. I'm just convinced. My computer worked fine all week until I come here. And then just does what it wants. Unbelievable. Story of my life. I'm having a good week, though. I shouldn't say that out loud, but... Pretty good show on tap though for today, right? Absolutely. Some very interesting guests. A couple of interesting guests, anyway. Yeah. We were gonna have um, I don't know if you know this. We were gonna have Joe Solomon in today. Oh boy. We had him we had him booked. And I was watching the Methuen City Council meeting this week, and the mayor said that the audit report should be ready in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, why have him come in to defend himself and then have to come in again and defend himself when the audit report comes out? Might as well just have him coming after the audit report, right? Exactly. <laughs> gonna make Bob LeBlanc real happy. It's a real piece of work, that guy. <laughs> hey, can can I just do a whole show ragging on Bob LeBlanc? Feel free. Oh, that would be great. I'll charge you half price. Uh, you got to let our guests know that no guests today. I'm just gonna <laughs> rag on Bob. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Computer's still not up. I figured halfway through the song, it would at least be working. Now, <laughs> no. Where's Chris Eldridge when you need him? My computer tech. I have to have him on retainer. I have so many computer problems. <laughs> and the funny thing is with this computer, I don't do anything bad with it. I don't look at porn. I don't go to like bad websites. If, if a little thing comes up and says, this, this site's not secure, do you want to go there anyway? I say no. I think that's your problem. Maybe. I think you need the... Uh, I should be watching porn on yeah. this one? All right. Fair enough. <laughs> ba, ba. Yeah, I think I just want to rag on Baba Blank all day, I think. <laughs> it really is fun. That's actually one of my hobbies. I should list that on Facebook as one of my hobbies, ragging on Baba Blank. All right, let's start the show. Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Got kind of an interesting show for you today. I've actually been thinking about maybe breaking the show up into two half-hour shows. I think maybe maybe if we broke the show up, because people's, what I've noticed is people have no attention span anymore, even like worse than five years ago, right? And it, it seems like uh, when I do like a one-hour show, no matter how good the guest is, no matter how explosive the conversation is, people only pop in and out for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. And I notice when I do a watch party, I watch who, bumps, who, who comes in and who leaves. I watch the numbers. Mm-hmm. And it seems like even people that I'm talking about will bump in for 15 minutes, bump out, come back for 10 minutes. So I started thinking maybe we could do it like, like two half-hour shows or maybe just do one half-hour show. Like I could do a show all day. Like if I had the money to, to pay for the studio for like a full day, I could just sit here and rant all day. 
Or, or you guys could just come to my office and I could just rant to you guys all day. I mean, I actually have people that do that. People, I hold court every night in my office. Like around 6, 30, 7 o'clock, no matter what I'm doing, there's five people in my office. And it's like, okay, we're getting ready for Tucker. And we, you know, we get the, the munchies and pop popcorn. We made um, um, uh, Rice Krispie treats the other night. Oh. Everybody in the office loved the Rice Krispie treats. Um, I forgot why I started that, but it doesn't really matter. Are we are we doing the show? Is this actually we're on? We're live? Yeah, we we're, are. We're on. Your first commenter was from uh, Bob LeBlanc. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Go away, please. I'm begging you, Bob. Uh, you know, you know. I was going to drop it, but he's actually there and he's commenting. Yeah. What a what a piece of work. So at the in the Valley Patriot this month, it's out on the streets where uh, my uh, fine fine delivery driver Dave Pelletier is out doing. The rest of Methuen today, I did some of Methuen yesterday. Um, so if you're Methuen, you're looking for the Valley Patriot Bob, you can go to Man Orchards, you can go to House Street Suppret. Um, that whole area has been done, and I think he does, uh, Dave also does West Methuen. So East Methuen, um, I'm trying to think, I know that at Borelli's Deli, I think we've got on, on in East Methuen we did. Uh, only because I had to go in and I had to buy meats yesterday, so I filled the rack. And by the way, you should be doing that at least once a week. You should be going to Borelli's Deli to get your deli meats. Um, I mean, ham is ham, right? And liverwurst is liverwurst. But you go in and you get the meatballs, they're gourmet meatballs. You go in and you get the tortellini, it's gourmet tortellini. It's amazing. Um, so I was in there, I was delivering papers. But the paper is out, and boy, the, the dust-up that it's causing. Um, I'm used to hate mail. I'm not used to people sending me stuff that say, hey, Tom, I really liked what you did this month. Because people who are happy generally don't reach out, right? Nobody like nobody calls the cops and says, hey, come over and see how good my wife and I are getting along today. They usually call when there's a problem, right? And so people generally don't call into radio stations or email newspapers if they like something. But this month, within a day of the paper coming out, I had about 30 emails from people who went through my evaluation of the uh, Methuen City Councilors. I gave a uh, report card and a progress report on each counselor, and it took the entire notebook. I didn't think it was going to. My plan was to do a report card for the counselors and the mayor, and then next month do the school committee. And it took up so much room, um, and that was after I cut it. It was actually twice that size before I cut it. Um, my writing style is very different than most writers. I like to throw everything at the wall when I'm writing. I write everything I'm thinking, and then I go down and I, and I cut it down for space. Um, this month, I cut it down for space, and I still didn't have any room for Neil's Neil Perry's evaluation. So we'll do that next month. I'm pretty sure he's getting an A anyway. I can't really think of anything that would that would diminish that A. I mean, he's, he's done some things that weren't perfect. He's done some things that weren't, I don't think, right. I didn't agree with. And we'll talk about some of those things. Crushing a bag of Doritos on the show. Yeah. Hey, by, by the way, thanks thanks to everybody who... People are so stupid. Look, <laughs> we were saying this before the show. I know we're jumping around here because we're waiting on something. But uh, people are so stupid. People are so ADD that they're so distracted by the least substantive thing that happens. So Neil was here last week, and I had a bag of chips, and he ate from the bag of chips while we were talking. And the first 35 comments that I got from people that I bumped into after the show last week was, yeah, no more chips during the show, man. He was eating. You could hear him eating. No shit. You could hear him eating. So what? Do you not talk? People, honestly, I love all of you. I love my readers. I love my followers. But do you not eat? Do you not talk at the dinner table? Do you not get together with your family every night and talk while you're eating? So if you've done that in your life like maybe once and it didn't bother you that much, why are you complaining that Neil Perry was eating um, potato chips? He was, we, it was actually the chili, sweet chili Doritos while we're waiting for Blaze to come back out. 
And I've already notified Blaze Girl, by the way, that they're coming back out, so that's her job. And while we're jumping around to doing random stuff, um, Neil made a comment, Mayor Perry made a comment uh, twice, so you know it was important. Because he made it twice. Like, he couldn't have just kicked me once at the beginning of the show. He had to do it at the end of the show. He had to kick me again when he made his comment. I don't like the way you talk about women. It just it doesn't hit me right. I don't like the way you talk about women. And I think it's because people have assumptions in their head. And this goes back to, like, reason 17,521 why I hate people. Because if someone doesn't know something and they hear something... They make an assumption about what that must mean rather than, I don't know, asking, right? So I know what Neil's objecting to because it's the same thing I get hate mail on. Why do, you call, why do you call the women that do stuff for you girls? Why do you call them girl, like blaze girl and, and grocery girl and laundry girl? Here's why that started for all of you who like to fill in the blanks and try to make it some kind of sexist bullshit. So I had, a vol- I had some volunteers working in my office about five, ten years ago, maybe even longer. And, you know, I, I have a debilitating disease. And at that point, I was way much worse off than I am right now. I mean, I've, I've since gotten treatment and stuff, and I, I, I'm physically doing better. But there are days when I can't get out of bed. And even, even like last week, there was a day that I couldn't get out of bed. And so I have, I have you know, the people who volunteers, people who love what we do, who are always looking to help out, especially when they know I'm physically having a bad day. So I had a bunch of volunteers, and one of them said, listen, if you really need me to, I'll go do your groceries for you. And I'm like, like once or like all the time? She's like, no, all the time. I'm like, well, how much do you want me to pay you? She said, don't worry about it. I said, you're like a superhero. You're like Batgirl. You're going to go do my, you're, gonna, you're really going to go do my grocery shopping every month. I only go once a month. And you're not going to like charge me? Let me give you money for gas at least. No, no, no. And I said, you're like a super, you're like Batgirl, except you're grocery girl. And that's how it started. It had nothing to do with demeaning women and calling them girls and look at how he talks about them. It has nothing to do with any of that. It just has to do with Batgirl versus grocery girl. And then it became laundry girl. And then, you know, someone else came over and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm, if, I come by your office every day. And, if, and I go to the post office. If you want, I'll grab your mail for you and bring it by your office. Oh, you're going to be mail girl. And that's how it started. It had nothing to do with what all of you in your head think is somehow demeaning to women. And by the way, if men and women are supposed to be equal, if we're supposed to be the same, or even worse, there's not supposed to be any difference between men and women. If you're a Democrat, like blah, blah, blank, there's not supposed to be any difference between men and women. Gender is fluid. It can be whatever you want it to be. Then what do you care if I say girl or woman? What do you care, people? All right, we got that out of the way. 16 years of people giving me crap about girl, and I finally explained it to people. And of course, no one will care. They'll still, con- they'll can still continue to complain about it because people suck. If the one thing you guys understand and realize on this show, if you, if you remember nothing else after I die, remember the one thing that I taught you, and that's that people suck. You cannot trust people. People are horrible. Now, there are individuals that are exceptions. Like, don't, people are always obsessed with, the, they're, they're afraid to generalize. They think a generalization means all. If I say women are better nurturers than men, and there's five people in the room, one smart ass is going to say, not all women. No, I know this one guy, and, and, he, and he's very much more nurturing than his wife. And I'm like, yeah, do we have to point out in every conversation that there's an exception to every rule? that the exception doesn't negate the rule and a general statement doesn't cover everybody. But you do. You do because of our public education system. All right. We've delayed long enough. We've got one of my heroes on the line. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about as I'm watching Methuen City Council meetings, they're about to do the tax rate. 
And I think they might have even taken a vote the other night. I think it was first reading on the tax rate in Methuen. And I started thinking, you know, everybody's really concerned with this COVID thing, how their property values are going to be handled. You know, what's going to happen to their property values? How are they going to be assessed? Will they be assessed differently with COVID? Um, am I going to be able to sell my home a year from now or should I sell it now? And I've got a few friends who are in the process of thinking about maybe moving out of where they are and going to New Hampshire because they hate Massachusetts, as I think we probably all should at this point. And I thought, you know what? I've got like the Superman of real estate in my universe, like in my, in my, in my, my small cluster of people that I talk to on a regular basis, we've got the Superman of, of real estate. And he and his family have been doing real estate for like decades, like generations. So why not have him on the show and talk about like your property values and answer your questions about, you know, what's going on with people's property values. So on the line we have, thank, thank you for not being too embarrassed to come on the show. Matt McLennan from McLennan Real Estate, a fine, fine sponsor of the show. Hello. How are you, Matt? I am well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I, do you watch the city council meetings at all? I do. I pick them up from your uh, live feed, and uh, sometimes they can run a bit long, but yeah, I do try to hang in there and uh, follow what's going on. Well, you should talk to your friend about that, because I think that person is one of the reasons why it's always so long. <laughs> I do not know of who you speak. I, of I, course you know <laughs> I say it with love, though. That's the thing. I say it with love. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you, before we get into like people's real estate properties and stuff, I don't think people know. How long has McLennan Real Estate been around? How long have you guys been doing real estate in the Merrimack Valley? Um, I think we're our 35th year. Wow. So so my mom, Janet McLennan, started the company in 85 uh, with Reggie Moriarty. Remember, it was Century 21, McLennan and Moriarty. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's been, she's run a fantastic company for 35 years. I think we're the oldest, we're the last man standing as far as being around as the same company uh, all this time. And um, we became, became McLennan and company in the uh, early nineties. And so I got out of college, I got licensed while still in college. I've uh, been doing this since I graduated college in 92. And uh, I love it. So we're, we're still in our same spot in Broadway and Methuen. We have an office in Bradford. Uh, and we, we're just sort of a great sort of, you know, a medium-sized company that uh, has had a long track record. And we have some amazing people that have worked with us. Our, our agents, many of them have been with us 10, 15, 20 plus years, some 25 years. So it's a, it's a, it's a, Pretty cool place to work, so I'm, I'm still pretty happy there. So you guys started in 1985. You know what I was doing in 1985? I was graduating high school. That was the year I graduated high school from Lawrence High School. So these, yeah. so, so these, so this family has been doing real estate for a long time, and it's in their blood. So if anybody really knows the trends of real estate, anybody really knows how things are going to be progressing, like nobody's got a crystal ball, but you can usually tell. There's indicators in the market, right, to tell you whether things are going to go good or bad. Um, yeah. You're watching what's going on with COVID. You're watching what's going on with um, the politics in Methuen. Um, what what does it look like? The real estate values of people's homes. We'll just start with Methuen. I mean, we'll talk about the whole Merrimack Valley, but I'm I'm really concerned about Methuen because that's where all the all the the kerfuffle is these days. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't think any of us expected to have this boom. That, that hit right at the same time that COVID hit. It, it was a strong winter. And once February, March, April rolled in, we had incredible drops in the interest rate and the market just took off. 
So it, it's nearly as busy right now in you know almost the middle of December uh, as it has been. Um, you know, typically you start to say the holidays are slowing things down. I've got some clients trying to book some showings over the weekend. Homes that hit the market yesterday in Southern New Hampshire already had 20 and 30 showings wow. on a Saturday and Sunday. So, But isn't that it, because of all the people in Massachusetts that are sick of Massachusetts just fleeing? Are you seeing like a flight of people from Mass to New Hampshire? I'm even giving it some thought myself. Here's an interesting – I thought we were going to see a flight from the, the city and urban areas. I thought I would see it more July and August. We did see it. Um, I thought it was going to be bigger then. Now I think we're seeing it more because I think the people in the cities, maybe three months in, four months in, felt like this was going to blow over. Mm. Let's ride this out. And now people in the cities are seeing such a change with everything that makes city living great. The eating, the entertainment, the sports, the, the bars, they're changed and now it's a scary feeling of is it permanently changed or how is it going to come back and now you're getting people that those people that were of the age are starting to think about kids a lot of them are starting to settle um right in our turf and yeah methuen is such a great location with access to both highways and you get you get such an affordable product on a nice piece of land and they're nice neighborhoods. So you're seeing a lot of that. So you're seeing, you know, that general Boston area, we're we're seeing a lot more Lynn, Revere, Saugus, that kind of stuff. So I I think the wave of the the flight north is is happening more. You're seeing more into Southern New Hampshire. You're seeing more people considering the New Hampshire vacation property more than ever before. So it's it's not just the residential stuff. The the multifamily stuff has gone crazy, and everyone everyone wants a vacation home that's within driving distance now. And I think everyone's saying, you know, maybe my vacation to Europe and flying south is didn't happen in 2020 and may not be happening in 2021. And you know, maybe I didn't think I wanted a pool, but you have a house with an in-ground pool right now. Costs a lot of money to put a new pool, and they're not—they're not even booking you until 2022 if you want to buy a pool right now. So, anyone that wants to sell a house with a pool, there's a buyer for it. So, so, so are you I'm sorry. right now, and and the interest rates are still super low; they're below three percent, and it feels like that's going to carry through the winter. So, um, I think it's going to be a busy, steady winter with prices are still jumping. It. Any new listing that comes on that's going to have 30 showings in a day and going to have 10, 15, 20 offers, that price is only going to go higher. So property values at a minimum, you're seeing scenarios of quick jumps, 10, 15, 20%. This certainly scenarios that properties have jumped 25, 30%. Wow. Um, what, what was a 325 house in Methuen seems to be a 399 house all day long wow. with still a bidding war. So it's a seller's market then? Yeah, very strong seller's market. So it's, it is a very stressful, difficult buyer's market of the, there's the competition is, is such a high quality caliber buyer there. These are people that have figured out 
their credit issues, have saved a big down payment, and they're coming in and they're, yeah, you, you've got people that tried to buy homes in August and September that got outbid. Now they're making offers on homes and they're just waiving a home inspection right up front. They're, you're seeing people that have down payments to say, I know the house won't appraise, but I've got the cash to put in the deal. I'm going to buy it anyway. And so there you go. So homes are closing higher than where bank appraisers can justify. But as soon as that property closes, you know, there you go. There, there's a that there's another five hundred and thirty thousand dollars split entry in Methuen that you go, wow, like yeah. that's a very high comparable sale that just drove the market up. So what's better a lot? What's better for the economy, a buyer's market or a seller's market? Well, uh, I mean, in a in a in a seller's market, prices are driving up. Uh, so, God. I gotta say, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm just wired to spin the positive, uh, the positive aspect of, of both scenarios. But you know, a buyer's market is tending to probably take advantage of a tougher economy. Right. So a booming, a booming economy, you're probably getting sellers more uh, rise in prices and sellers being in a stronger position. So so. so I, I, so with all the indicators that you have as a, as a, as like a real estate guru, maybe we should give him that name. We should call him our real estate guru. I like that. Um, so, so because it's a seller's market now, cause I don't know a lot about real estate. Um, that means it's good for the, that means the economy is doing well. The economy is chugging along, even despite COVID, the economy is doing well enough that people are selling their homes and getting more than what they've been appraised for. Yeah. There, there, there's a lot of qualified buyers that have the income, have the down payment, have the credit to, you know, when, when would you think a three family in Lawrence could go for $700,000? Wow. It was $600,000 a year ago. And we thought that price was crazy. You'll see a 599 get offers well over 670 right now. And there's multiple buyers that are qualified to make that purchase at that price. So, um, well, that's it's amazing. Now that always follows the conversation of people say it's going to burst. It, I, I see a burst coming. And I and Sam, you know, you'll you'll see me shoot a lot of videos with my nephew Sam, another family member in the business. I love Sam. So we saw we he's a good looking one in the mix. Um, we shot a video maybe a month ago about are we heading towards a bubble? And you know, a difference I see in this market. You know, we we've been around thirty five years. So we've seen market crashes. We've survived through market crashes. The people that are able to buy right now are super qualified. So they're they're no one's buying with minimal down and stated income and questionable credit banks are requiring you to have good credit. They're requiring you to have your shit together. You have to have good credit. You have to have money. You have to have a job and people are buying more and more with 20 and 30% down. So there, there's a higher protection there in there. It's, it's just a better caliber buyer. So I don't, you know, and I, I don't, I don't see a foreclosure wave hitting you know, people, people are going to be able to sell these properties. If something happens with their employment, they're able to cash out and still make a profit on these homes and the, the market's just going to continue. So, um, will I think things will level off? Absolutely. I, I do not see like right now, the market's been so strong. There's a wave of sellers that say, okay, my ranch that was 300 jumped to 365. So do they put it on the market 365 or do they try to squeeze another 30 on top of that? So you may see 
that home that was 330 is now going to try 410. That may not sell in the first five days. Right. And, a, and a phenomenon I never saw in my career, a home seller will put their house up for sale. And if there's not an offer on day four, day five, you're having a conversation with they're nervous. They're going, did we screw up? Did we, did, did we not do this right? And you have to say, you know, it's December. It's mm-hmm. almost Christmas. Right. It's four days. We had a snowstorm. Relax. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be okay. You're maybe you're one price reduction away from a sale, but you're not too far away from a sale. So now, a year ago today, we were in the middle of an election, right? Well, a year ago, maybe a couple months, right? Um, but almost a year ago, we were in the middle of an election in Methuen. Um, for sale signs were going up everywhere. I mean, everywhere I drove, especially through West Methuen. Everywhere I went through West Methuen, people were like, listen, we're sick of the baloney locally. We don't know what's going to happen with our city government. We're leaving. Have you seen that turn around? Has the, has the influx of the new mayor, the new council, and you know whatever it is that they're doing, have you seen that? that change or are people still putting their houses up to flee Methuen or are people coming in? I don't. Yeah, no, I don't see that. I see a lot of, I see more of a, a situational move the, you know, whatever it's, you know, people's life circumstances, whether it's jobs or marriages or breakups, things like that. I still see that driving the market more than, you know, Methuen's a great place to live. It's, it's affordable. You know, people go crazy about the taxes. The taxes are still pretty cheap here in Methuen for the services you're getting. So it's I know. I live in North Andover. I know. I live in North Andover. I know. So um, I do not, you know, it's, you know, we, we, we get some colorful news, what's going on with, with, with our city, but I don't think that is a deterrent of people coming and going. Um Great place to live. You mentioned Lawrence, and I'm always interested in Lawrence. Um, are you seeing property values in Lawrence going up too? Insanely so. Really? Most I've ever seen, you know, two and three families, four families are huge. It's it's tough to get larger properties like the six and the ten units. People hold on to those. Those those are great properties, and people hold on to them. Um, this is the most I've ever seen that. A th- you know, you could do you could divide up the city into South Lawrence, North Lawrence, Prospect Hill, Tower Hill, and I think those differences used to be more defined neighborhoods and sections and vibes and whatnot. And you know, I think a three-family, a nice three-family, is going to sell for a ton of money, regardless of North Lawrence or South Lawrence. And that's the most I've ever seen like in, uh, in a level playing field of all the neighborhoods. And single families, I mean, Mount Vernon, beautiful neighborhood, but maybe the size homes that still lean towards, you know, starter homes. And those are selling well over $400,000 all day long. And you may be able to sell something to 10 different buyers. So people be lining up to say, you know, take my $30,000 over asking on a 430 house to a buyer that's qualified putting 20% down and it doesn't have to appraise. So um, there's, there's a lot of people that I think are choosing to upgrade within the city. It's not sort of, you make your start in the city, then you move out to the suburbs. I think there's a lot of pride that lives in Lawrence and chooses to stay and upgrade in Lawrence, which has made a, a lot of these properties obviously look like there's the pride of home ownership. You know, you drive, you're not seeing, 
dilapidated multifamilies anymore. You've seen everything has, you know, beautiful siding, beautiful windows, landscape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're not $100,000, $200,000 anymore. They're six hundred, $700,000. And an interesting thing, I would say, for the first time in my career, you may see a, the same two family in Methuen, in Lawrence, and Haverhill. The Lawrence one may sell for more money. Really? The, the Methuen, it, I think... You know, people forgot what a great idea to own multis in Methuen and especially in Haverhill. So, somehow that market did not jump at the huge level that Lawrence did. So, you know, when, if I have friends saying, hey, get me a deal, it's like, like there, there's no deal. Right. Like, I can get you a beautiful property, but they're expensive. Right. Maybe you may be able to find something in Haverhill that is is flying under the radar that someone didn't think you could have squeezed more money out of it. But somehow I think the Lawrence market has figured out that there's super high demand and super qualified buyers. So, so now the, I was going to ask you if it was across the board, right? Cause you said Methuen good, Lawrence good. And then, but then you, before I get a chance to ask, you said Haverhill, not so good. So what about the suburbs like Andover and North Andover, much higher price for their homes, much higher values of their homes, much higher property taxes. Um, are they doing as well as Lawrence and Methuen? Absolutely. And uh, I think I awkwardly worded the Haverhill thing. I'm just saying, like the I was talking more of the specific of the multifamily jump. I see. I, I, you know, I think people forgot that that's such a great investment market. But as far as single families, they're they're all jumping at that same. Um, you know, an example of a uh, a North a, a popular product is that North Andover sort of seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar colonial. And to get one of those this summer, you, you had no shot at being the person that has to sell your first house to buy your second house. So gotcha. those guys aren't in the running. You had to be a buyer that probably already had $200,000 sitting in your bank account. You probably had to write a letter to the, almost like an like a college interview, like a letter to the seller. Here's a picture of me and my family and my dog and my cat and uh, an American flag. And you, like, you had to sell yourself to say, please take my deal. And so then that North Andover 750 Colonial became an 850 Colonial, you know, in March. And there was no turning back. And Andover, all categories of Andover is just booming. And a lot, you know, Andover, you'll see just steady activity of that, you know, that million dollar house that you kind of sit there and go, geez, like I remember when that stuff was six and seven hundred thousand. Now that's a million bucks. And they sell, you know, there's, you'll get a lot of people that uh, will specifically, you know, head north of the city and they will target, uh, you know, they'll target like Andover somehow is the one that always has the first name reputation that they go, Oh, I want to be in Andover. Um, I, I live in North Andover. I'm sure a lot of my friends are in North Andover. So I'm a big fan of North Andover. And a lot Me of times too. you're like, Hey, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. That's makes North Andover a great place to live. Yep. So, um, I always, there's always that. I always know, said the two. I always said if I if I ever left North Andover, I don't I don't ever want to leave North Andover. I love North Andover to death, and I'm downtown, right? Um, but if I ever left North Andover, it would be for West Methuen. I think I think West Methuen is just so damn beautiful. It's yeah. like it's like living in the country. It's like you it's like you're in a different state. But 93 runs right through it. Right, yeah, they'll, right. you're you're spoiled if if you grew up in Methuen. And you think you're going to say, oh, let me let, let me go look for homes in Chester and Sandown. And, you know, a lot of people, I, another interesting COVID thing, 
I think the commuters that lived in the Merrimack Valley and drove to Boston every day, I think they're accepting now, like that's never going to be the case anymore. They're, they're going to work remotely. Maybe they'll have to go to Boston once or twice a week, but that has people much more willing to live an hour north of the city versus 30 minutes north of the city, right. which totally opens up. If you want to live in the woods and have an acre of land and get something reasonable for under 500 grand, that's when you start looking at the Chester, the Danville, the, the Sandown, which if you grew up in Methuen, you feel like that's the middle of nowhere. Right. Because Methuen had 495 and 93 running right through it. Right. So to be two, three towns away from the highway access, but that's uh, that's the next creep of where it's become the legit suburbs of of the city. And you know, it's it's a nice place to live there. So if you're yeah. looking to buy a home. You should be calling uh, McLennan and company in Methuen. But if you're looking to sell a home, really, there's no place better to go than to McLennan Real Estate, McLennan and company, because as I said at the beginning of this interview, their family has been doing this now since like 1985, I think he said, right? And, um, you know, I was in high school, I was graduating high school in 1985. It's a long time. And you guys have seen all of the trends. Um, one final question before we have to go. How long is the uh, Mark interview? 16. Oh, okay. So we're good. Um, do you think the election of Joe Biden is going to change the real the direction of the real estate market at, at all, good or bad? Uh, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a very optimistic, positive guy. So I've, you know, I, I've, my career has been steady through all uh, political parties in office. So, um, you know, I, I I tend to root Republican to to drive the economy, but um, I think it's I, I don't think it's going to be a, a seismic shift. Okay, I don't. So if it moves, it'll move small one way or the other. Small move either way. That's yeah. great. Give people your phone number and your email and or your website, and it'll be it'll be we you're still sponsoring the show, so we got you in the front yeah. too. So numbers in the front. Find us on Facebook. Um, you know, a shout out where we're supporting Debbie's treasure chest. Go, we just launched a video yesterday. If you're an Anchorman fan, we have weird thoughts in our head. So if you know what Anchorman is, we yeah. do a spoof on Anchorman. So, but great friends of ours, Debbie's treasure chest, where we're supporting them through the holiday. Check out our video on that. I just gave myself a commercial. I don't know if you told me to do that. No, they don't. it's all good. I love Linda Harvey and I love Debbie's treasure chest. They do amazing work. Okay. Um, please let me know if you supporter of TMF, we we're also big, big fans of TMF and, uh, we're already in talks of what, what can we do to do a spring project to help those guys? Out. Oh, that's great. Um, we should sit down, we should sit down with Michael and his mom, um, and, and kick some of those ideas around because they're also looking to do some, some additional stuff and maybe we can all just yeah. kind of brainstorm. I love, yeah. I love that we have. Uh, a real estate guru that we can turn to anytime we have a real estate question. Um, McLennan and company in Methuen. You you also have offices other places too, right? That's not your only office, is it? No, we've always had an office in Bradford as well. Okay, so you can get them in Bradford. You can get them in Methuen. Uh, find them on Facebook. Uh, you can get uh, you can find their website. And if you're looking to sell your home, I think Matt's advice is sell it now and call him. Right. Take the money and run. Take the money and run. Thank you so much, yeah. Matt. Thanks for always sponsoring the show. Thanks for helping out in the community. I know you uh, don't like to be thanked for what you do, but you do a lot, and you, you and your mom and Matt 
and everybody there. And do you want to give like a free a free plug to any of your real estate agents that work for you? Anybody that works for you that you want to? I mean, we have some amazing people. Um, you know, we've had some people that have been with us a very long time. Uh, so shout out to uh, the the old timers that sell a ton of real estate: Bobby Barcelos. Trevor Gear and June Durso, uh, Rosemary Scalera. Uh, you know, there's about forty or fifty of them, but we right. had a lot of. Um, we got we got some young hot shots. We have Gabby Allen's been with us about five years in the business. She took off, had a great year this year. Uh, nephew Sam, Sam's killing it. So, uh, any of you millennials that want to talk real estate, Sam is thirty years old and uh, he is a good person to talk to if you ever think about a career in real estate. He's so a, he's we're, a- we're always looking to hire and train new. That's what we do. We, we train new people to get into the business. So find he, us for that. He's only 30 and he's already an expert in real estate. It's amazing. Top dude. Yep. Yeah. Matt McLennan from McLennan Real Estate. Tell your mom I said hi. Um, tell everybody there that I said hi. And uh, we appreciate you coming on. And will you come back? Will you come on again maybe in a couple of months? Talk about how the real estate's going then? Give me like five minutes notice for this one. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much available. I can do this. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And tell everybody I said hi. All right, take care. All right, thanks. Now, on radio, this is usually where I just give a phone number mindlessly while we're trying to get, like transition into something else, um, but uh, but we're not on radio. And it's usually like 978-77. So um, it, it's, great. it's great that I think one of the things that I love about my job, I mean, I love everything about my job, but one of the things I love most about my job is that I know an expert in, in everything, right? Like, I don't know everything. I'm not, I'm not a genius. I don't know. I'm not... I don't have the answers to everything. But the one thing that I realized by doing this job is that while I don't know everything, I know someone who has the answer to any question that I have. So if I need a, if I need a, a real estate question, if I'm writing a story and I have a real estate question, I can pick up the phone and call Matt. If I have an insurance question, we can pick up the phone and we can call our friend uh, over at Allstate Insurance. We've got so many different businesses that, that we do business with that you end up knowing experts in small businesses and, and the different industries. And so it makes it, it makes it for me like I don't have to know everything. I don't have to feel like I know everything. Because if I have a question on a story that I'm researching, I have experts at the tip of my fingertips. I can call them on the phone and say, hey, what do you think about this? And I always usually get a pretty good answer. And that usually helps me with whatever story I'm doing, investigation I'm doing, or just something that I need for the show. Um, so it's great to have Matt. It's great to have uh, a real estate guru, and hopefully we will have him back. Um, we got a 16-minute interview. We actually taped it last week. Um, do I have time to rant a little bit before we do? Okay, we do. So the, the New Valley Patriot is out. Um, I did in my notebook, a, as I mentioned earlier, an evaluation and a report card for each of them still in city councilors. I gathered all of my staff together, most of my editors. Um, we sat around and we all took notes. We sat during a couple of city council meetings as to who we thought was doing well, who wasn't, who's, mo- who's motivated by their own selfish self-interest and who's motivated by helping others or helping the community or the taxpayers or the voters. And I compiled all of people, everybody's comments and... Um, Again, I said, you know, as I said earlier, we had to whittle it down a little bit because it was very long when we started. And we went through each city councilor and said, you know, this is what they're good at. This is what they could use some work on. And I also graded them on their conduct, which caused an awful lot of people to be upset. Uh, One of the people who's upset about that is Bob LeBlanc. You remember Bob, he's the reason I'm not at WCAP anymore. He is the reason why I'm not at WCAP anymore. 
Well, he's actually, he's actually one of the two reasons, but he's the main reason. Um, and you know, Bob and I have had a had a like hate relationship for a long time. There was a while they were actually liked Bob, and I thought maybe I had had him wrong. I think I even called him onto the show one day and said, "You know what, Bob? I think I, maybe I've got you wrong." You know, maybe maybe I've been a little harsh with you. But then after working with him for five more minutes, I just couldn't stand him, and I, I had to throw him out of the studio. Um, Bob is all upset, and all the people who hate Joe Solomon, there's a core group of people in Methuen who are just filled with hate. And when Bill Manzi was mayor, they hated Bill Manzi. And I could tell you they were all the same people today who hate Joe Solomon. And... It, it never really changes. Like some of the faces change, people come and go. But for the most part, you've got this core group of people who are just haters. They never jump on Facebook to say, you know, so-and-so is doing a good job. Or the council did a great thing for the city this week. Or the mayor had a great proposal that's going to help the taxpayers. You never get that from these people. The only time you hear from them, especially on my page, is that when they want to bitch about Joe Solomon. So when I finished my uh, our evaluations of the, of the councilors, and we... Posted it online on Tuesday afternoon. Um, Bob LeBlanc right away. You only gave negative... This, this was his first quote. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. You only gave bad marks to the people who challenged Joe Solomon. This whole thing is about you protecting Joe Solomon. So you'd have to be a real idiot like Bob LeBlanc to read what we wrote and come away with... I only gave bad marks to people who were against Joe Solomon. Now, I understand that's a cute narrative if you're a hater and you're trying to appeal to the other haters who aren't going to read it and just believe what you say, which is why Bob puts it on Facebook, because he knows not everybody reads through everything that I write in the paper. So here's a newsflash for those of you who want to try and propagandize what I did. For those of you who want to dismiss what me and my staff did, or my staff and I, I don't know. I went to Lawrence High. I don't, still don't know which one is which. Sorry. Um, DJ Beauregard has taken underhanded pot shots at the Chief at least five times that I can count off the top of my head. One of them I thought was really, I, I think was inappropriate, quite frankly. Mike Samad also did three or four that were quite inappropriate. But, you know, DJ Beauregard got great marks. He only got a lower mark on policy, not on conduct, Right. So even though he went after Joe Solomon and has gone after Joe Solomon, almost as viscerally as some of his colleagues, he still got good marks, Bob LeBlanc. On the other hand, our good friend Jessica Finicaro has never once that I can remember verbally attacked the chief at a city council meeting. She, like all of her colleagues, voted for the 211 investigation. She, like all of her colleagues, unanimously voted no confidence in the chief. But she's never actually gotten up and done what Mike Samad has done or what Steve Saber has done by personally attacking the chief. And yet, I think, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know if you do, but I think Jessica got a D for conduct. I know it wasn't a C. It was definitely under a C. It was either an F or a D for conduct. D minus. D minus. Okay. So as, as close to an F as you can get for conduct. And Jessica has, again, that I remember, don't send me some video clip from two years ago when she said one thing. And say that I'm wrong because in the last year I can't remember even once that she has done that, and she got a D minus for conduct. But here's the thing with people haters like Bob LeBlanc, and it's not just him too. I'm using him as an example because he represents that core group of people who are just haters. 
I mean, it's one thing to not like the chief because of how much he makes. A lot of people don't like the chief because of how much he makes. That's very different than calling him corrupt. That's very, very different than saying he mismanages his department. And those core group of people will always dismiss what you say when you prove them wrong, as Bob LeBlanc did again today. So I went on Facebook and I spelled all this out. DJ got a good mark. Jessica didn't. So obviously what you're saying is just a lie. And then he comes back with, you're a right-wing rag. Okay. So what's on the front page of the Valley Patriot this month? Do you know who those two individuals are? Diana DeZoglio and uh, uh, Linda Campbell. And the headline is, more cash for the Valley, right? Uh, Linda Campbell is a Democrat. She's third in line to be speaker on Beacon Hill. No conservative, trust me. How about, how about Diana DeZoglio? Is she a right-wing Republican? No, no, she's not. So how could anybody with a straight face say we're a, quote, right-wing rag, when this edition that you're looking at has two Democrats on the front page of the paper congratulating them for bringing more money to the Valley. Do you know any right-wing rags that do that? Like, do you think the Boston broadside would ever have Linda Campbell on the front page of the paper for anything? Or Diana DiZoglio for anything unless they're attacking her? No. Boston broadside's a right-wing rag. Actually, I wouldn't even call it a rag because I like it. I read it. I think it's a good paper. But they're a right-wing paper. They're not a newspaper. They're an advocate. They're an ad- the Boston Broadside is what people like Bob Blake say my paper is. And let me tell you why, by the way, since we have a couple of minutes. We still have a few minutes. Uh, the people who run Boston Broadside, Ted Tripp and Lonnie Brennan, both worked for me. They both wrote columns for the Valley Patriots starting in 2004. Somewhere around 2000, I'm guessing 2008, 2009... I decided, I, I got challenged by a lesbian. This lesbian called me up. She was very angry. We had written a column against gay marriage. And by the way, I'm against gay marriage, but I'm against all marriage. So before you call me a homophobe, it's not because it's gay marriage. I'm against all marriage. I don't think the government should be marrying anybody. I think if you're going to get married, you go to a church, a mosque, or a synagogue. All right? But that's a whole side, side thing. So uh, this lesbian calls me up. We had an editorial against gay marriage, and... Calling me a homophobe and we're a right again right wing rag you know ignorant people always defer to right wing rag and they don't know any better um, and she said I bet you wouldn't let me write a letter to the editor and if I did I bet you wouldn't publish everything that I gave you I bet you'd cut it and you'd edit it and I said obviously you've never read my paper we have a policy at the Valley Patriot if you want to write and you have a different view than we do we never censor content. I've never once gotten a column from somebody and pulled out a paragraph. I'll send it back to the writer and say, you need to cut a paragraph. So when they send it back, it's exactly what they wanted published, right? The Eagle Tribune, if you send them a letter to the editor and it's four paragraphs long, they'll cut a paragraph. And the paragraph that they cut might make your story look like you're advocating for something different than what you're really saying. Because they're pulling out maybe a qualifying paragraph, right? So I, I've said to this woman, her name is Danny Langevin, and she is back, by the way. She came back, I think, last month. Um, I said to her back in 2009, not only, will I, not only will I let you write a letter to the editor and not edit it, how would you like to do your own column every month? We'll call it the lesbian column. She said, no, no, I want to call it Ye Gay Old Valley. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so gay. Perfect. Do that, okay? Do that. We'll call it Ye Gay Old Valley. And she did. She's been writing for us off and on for about 10 years, and she's back now. I think she'll, she'll be she's doing every other month. And the minute I did that, Lonnie Brennan and Ted Tripp, within minutes of me making that decision, I was short two writers. Now, th- th- people who are against gay marriage like to say, 
a lot, and Paul used to say it here all the time, there's a difference between being anti-gay and being anti-gay marriage. And that's true. You can be against gay marriage and not be a homophobe. You can be against gay marriage and not be against gays. Forgive me for saying this publicly, but I have a feeling that the two guys that left really kind of don't like gays, right? It's not really about gay marriage. Because what we did was, once we brought on Danny Langevin, we said, we'll let Lonnie or Tad or Paul Morano write the opposite view, and we'll, we'll call it point-counterpoint. We had a point-counterpoint page, right? So I had this guy, Doug Hayden, called me up, and he's fuming the first lesbian column that we published, and he's quoting it off the top of his head. And, I, and this guy, Doug, he's, he's more conservative than I am. I've known him forever. And he's, and he's quoting it, and I said, so I'm open, I open the paper, and I'm trying to find what he's quoting, and it's like the ninth paragraph. And I said, are you reading that? What paragraph is he? He said, no, I read it so many times. I was so furious. I read it so many times. I can quote it by heart. In paragraph eight, she said, and then he quoted it by heart. I followed him along on the phone. And when he was done, I said, Doug, you just quoted by heart a lesbian columnist, an entire paragraph from a lesbian columnist, and you're a right-wing lunatic like me. As far as I'm concerned, my job is done. Because people who agree with gay marriage and live a gay lifestyle are going to want to pick the paper up to read what she has to say. And people like Doug, who hate gays and are anti-gay marriage and are right-wing conservatives, are going to want to pick it up to see what she's going to say so they can be furious about it. So as a publisher, I say, my job is done. But we lost Lonnie and we lost uh, Ted over that whole situation. And what they did was they went and they started the Boston Broadside. They started a paper that they wanted us to be. And I have no ill will toward them whatsoever. I love the Boston Broadside. I picked one up on the way here today. They, 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 they have a great voice in the community. I think their voice needs to be listened to in the community. I think they're right about a lot of what they say. But I think they're a little anti-gay. I, I just do. All right? So they are... Whatever you would want to call a right-wing rag would be, I think, the Boston Broadside. If you were a left-winger, you'd pick up the Boston Broadside and go, it's just Republicans on every page. Republicans are never wrong. Democrats are never right. I have never once in the three or five years they've been out picked up the Boston Broadside and read that Linda Kimball did something for, good for her community this week, even if she actually did. Because to them, Democrats, they're the Rush Limbaugh's. Democrats can do no right. Republicans can do no wrong. And that's great for them. But that's not the Valley Patriot, okay? That's not what we are. So we pride ourselves on the fact that if you have a different opinion than mine or my editorial staff, and you want to send us a column that's, that spells out in explicit detail about how bad I suck, I'm going to publish every flipping word of that because I want my readers to read both sides of the story and let them decide for themselves. To me... That's my job as a publisher. My job isn't to convince them to vote for Donald Trump. My, my job is not to convince them to be pro-life. My job is to present information on my opinion about Donald Trump or pro-life and let other people send in their columns to say that they're pro-choice or they're anti-Trump. And let the reader at home get both sides. Because if you read the, the Globe, you get all the Democrat side, no matter what. Right? The Democrats are always right. Republicans are always wrong. And in the Herald, it's the opposite. Republicans are always right. Democrats are always wrong. When we started this paper, we just didn't want to be that. We didn't want to be any of that. We just wanted to publish news. And yes, we have a, right, a right-leaning editorial slant. My editorials, and by the way, I don't always write the editorial. People think that I'm the face of the paper, so I write everything. 
I don't always write the editorial. Sometimes some of my staff writes the editorial. Sometimes a volunteer will come to me and say, I wrote a great editorial. Will you publish it? And I'll look at it. And if I agree with it, because it's my, it's my editorial, right, I will publish it, right? That's what a newspaper is supposed to be, I always thought. Now, in this age of CNN and advocacy journalism, we're seeing the death of actual news, which is why I want to continue publishing every single month, which is why I, I get off my ass at least three days a week and go out and try and get new advertisers to keep the revenue coming in so we can keep publishing. We're getting ready to, to publish. We're getting ready to celebrate our 17th anniversary. And if you had told me in 2004 that we were going to last 17 editions, I would not have believed you. I went, on, I went on unemployment. I was working at a Boston radio station. And I went on unemployment to, to start this paper. Unemployment back then was six months. I don't know what it is today. 10 years, 30 years. Who knows what it is today, right? With COVID. But back then, it was six-month unemployment. So I said, we're going to give this venture a chance for six months. And if it doesn't work, I'm going back to radio, which I desperately did not want to do. <laughs> God, I hate radio so much. Um, and on the very first edition of March 2000, 2004, we were in the black. And we turned to the two partners that we, that we looked at for seed money and said, why do we need these guys? Like, we're already in the black and we didn't have to tap into like the money that they invested. But they all, everybody wanted to stay, so everybody, everybody stayed. Um, for those who care, I actually bought out Chuck Ormsby, one of my business partners. I bought him out two years ago. Um, and I'm and in the process of buying out Ralph because he, I think he just turned 97. And I think he just wants to relax. <laughs> he doesn't want to do paper stuff anymore. Um, but we, but we want to continue doing what we do, and I don't make a lot of money doing it. And I, de and I definitely, I love getting your hate mail. Please continue sending me hate mail. I get a great charge out of it. It's my entertainment. But every once in a while, like this month, I get a lot of emails from people saying they enjoyed what I did. And because, maybe because I don't get it a lot, I kind of enjoy that too. So um, keep the emails coming, whether you love me or you hate me. Love that. Um, if you hate me, please go into detail about how much I suck and why you think I suck and put as much, uh, put as much uh, thought and energy into it as you can. Switching gears, um, we've got uh, an interview that I did with a good friend. And you know, in this business, everybody's a good friend, but this guy actually is a good friend. Uh, Mark Robrush, who started the band Prospect Hill. And if you used to follow me when I'd go live on Facebook chasing police calls, going to shootings in Lawrence all the time for five years... Um, You'll recognize any of their music because I used to play it in the car all the time. And um, been to a million of their shows backstage, hang out with these guys all the time. And they did something pretty remarkable. Mark Robridge, he's the drummer for Prospect Hill, but he's the guy that started the band. He took some of his millions that they made, and they made a shit ton of money. I mean, they were traveling the world for a couple of years. Um, they, played, they even played at the Patriots game last year a couple of times. Um, they, Mark took some of his money, and he... And he invested it in a recording studio to help up-and-coming artists to record their music and to try and help produce them and give them the musical expertise that young, struggling musicians need but don't realize they need. They don't realize what kind of management they need, what kind of publicity that they need. And so uh, Mark started uh, a company called Red 13 Creative, Red 13 and he's got a huge, humongous, beautiful studio, multi-million dollar studio in, I think it's Waltham. And he called me a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, Tom, you know, I'm a Lawrence boy, born and, born and raised in Lawrence. We're opening a studio in Lawrence to help people in the Merrimack Valley who are musicians, because we were musicians from Lawrence. That's why it's called Prospect Hill. That's where they started. Um, we want to help struggling artists, struggling musicians 
get into the business and we want to produce them and produce their records and their music videos and put them in contact with record labels and, and, and tour managers and, and help them. And so I thought, what a great thing that he's doing for the community. It's not political, but it's a great thing he's doing for the community. So we had him show us around his new studio in Lawrence and uh, give some advice to some of the um, upcoming artists in the Merrimack Valley. All right, we've got a special guest here um, uh, on the Paying Attention podcast. Good friend of ours and uh, a good friend of the show. He's been on the show a bunch of times. And he's been in the newspaper a bunch of times. They've even played that. We have a charity bash. Can you bring me up a little bit, Ben? We've got a, a, a charity bash um, that we run every year. And they I think you guys have been there at least two or three times to play for us, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So we've got Mark Robridge from Prospect Hill, the band Prospect Hill, my favorite band. I was actually listening to it all, all, all my way here. Um, you guys have... Um, you grew up in Lawrence. Your family grew up in Lawrence in the Prospect Hill area. That's why the band is called Prospect Hill. And when you made like all of your millions and was touring the world and everything else, you started a um, a standalone studio so that you could help other artists create their records, their music videos, and all that stuff. And you decided recently to come back to Lawrence and open up a studio in Lawrence. Can you talk a little bit about that there, uh, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up on Prospect Hill, um, you know, went to Lawrence public schools, um, up until high school where I, you know, we ended up moving to Bethune and went there and, you know, my whole thing when I was a kid, it was, you know, I was into music, I was into rock music, I was into, you know, sports, all that stuff, but you know, there was outlets for sports, but there was no outlets for music really. You know, we didn't even really have like a music class, um, at my school, it was very limited. Um, and there was no, you know, outlet for any of the, the musical creativity or any type of, you know, uh, just creativity in general, um, at the time. And so, you know, I always thought it would be really great to like come back to Lawrence and, and bring that to the community and, and have that outlet for, you know, up and coming artists and up and coming entrepreneurs and, you know, just have the ability to, to go to a place to help develop their product, help develop their brand and, and, and help them with a strategy to go to market. So being in Lawrence, are you going to try to target some of the Latino market in the music industry? Because it's huge. The Latino music industry is huge, um, especially in Lawrence. And so my first thought when I heard that you guys were coming to Lawrence, I know you do a lot of work with Sully, Godsmack, all the, all the other um, you know, heavy metal groups, rock groups. But are you, are you thinking about maybe branching out and opening yourself up for like other types of music? Well, our studio in Framingham, so I have about you know, five producers underneath us and writers and engineers. And, you know, I'd say predominantly a lot of the music that comes through our studio in Framingham is about 90% hip hop. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm known for more of like my producer group with, you know, Sean and I, my partner, and we produce a lot of pop and produce a lot of rock. Um, and we do produce hip hop. We produce across all of it, but we're just more known for the rock side of it just mm -hmm. because that's where we've always been. Um, but we, we, you know, we produce across all genres, um, you know, everything from hip hop to jazz to, to blues to, I mean, we've even done some or orchestral music, you know? So you know, on that side of it, we kind of pretty much, we're very versatile and we have a whole team that we work with that are, you know, are able to basically produce across the board, whether it's any, you know, um, hip hop, any rap, any, you know, Latino music, like there's no limit to what the team's capable of. So it's just kind of fitting for us to be here in Lawrence, to be able to offer that 
and be able to do it at the highest of levels, you know, because basically our big thing is making sure that all the quality that comes through us is at a major label level. So you guys will help, help artists write their, write stuff, produce their music, produce their rock videos. Like give, give me like the list of what it is you guys can do for local artists. I mean, yeah. So we work with artists from, from, you know, their first song ever to, you know, multi-platinum artists. Um, and you know, if you're an artist and you've never worked, you know, kind of been to a studio before, you know, we're just as welcoming as if you were a major label artist. So it's like, we bring that ability for any artist to come in, help us, you know, allow us to help them work the record and, and whether, whatever it needs, if they need help with the writing, we can help with the writing. They need the production, the mixing, the mastering, we get the product created. And then from there, what we can do is we actually allow, um, them to utilize all of our services on the higher agency level to help, you know, develop their brand, whether it's getting all their promo photos done, developing all their logos, their graphics, getting their website up and running, optimizing all their social media. Um, and then from there building a go to market strategy where we do all of their advertising, their marketing, their Spotify playlisting. Um, we can help with distribution, licensing deals, publishing. So it's basically an all in one stop shop where you come in to, to record your song. We can get that song, you know, branded and put out worldwide and then also have it in, in the ranks of, you know, being marketed to, you know, hundreds to thousands to millions of people, depending on the budgets. So, um, if you ever need a writer, I'm pretty good at that. So just let me know, because I would love to come in and work with you guys on anything because I just love hanging out with you guys. You guys are a lot of fun and you're also very professional. So I like that. How about give us a, like a little tour of what the, uh, what the new, the new digs look like in Lawrence. Uh, on Broadway so that uh, any artists that are kind of watching, they can kind of, they can see what it is they're walking into. Okay, cool. You know what I'll do is I'll, you know, I'll kind of show you right now. We got, um, it's a, it's still kind of, you know, we're soft opening, but I'll kind of give you the idea. we got four studio rooms in here and we got a big, big wide open room. Um, and I'll show you from the outside in. Oh, cool. Idea. So there it is. The 13 studio sign and, ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。ああ、そうですね。
you know, to a brand video, to a music video, to a, um, you know, a short film. Say what's up. This is Dom, one of our producers. Hi, Dom. I'm going to go show off Dom's room real quick. So there's only two studios done right now. The other two will be done probably by the, uh, I'd say, end of next week. And then, you know, if you want to do, we can do an update or you can just come by and come check it out. This is one of the other rooms right here. Wow, look at that. Look at that, huh? It's really cool. That looks like just a fun place just to hang out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really cool. The lighting and all the wall treatments. He did a really great job of decorating this. So this is those are my this is his vocal booth. Nice. So what would it cost an artist, while you're showing us, what, what would it cost an artist to come in and um, have you guys work with them? Um, so, you know, obviously, depending on what the deal is and what they're trying to do, um, the budgets are all, you know, from, it's basically kind of like, you know, we've, we've created a system where it's like whatever budget you can afford a month, we'll figure out what to do and get you to that next level so that we can continuously elevate you. Right. Um, because, like, that's one of the big things. A lot of independent artists don't really have any, funding so what we do is we kind of just move at their pace so we have a, a membership program for independent artists that's 50 dollars a month and then they get access to all of our services at a significant discount and they get access to our upsells with you know with in regards to our marketing our distribution and our licensing services so you know there's there's a lot of uh, opportunity for independent artists so you know 50 dollars a month kind of gets them in through the through the door um, in regards to the higher brands and companies that we work with, you know, some of those budgets, obviously a little bit bigger, but our biggest thing is to make sure that we're giving back to the independent artists community. Right. Right. So you're, you're as a drummer of prospect Hill, you guys just played Wally's. Do you have, um, anything that you're promoting anything that you guys are up to as a band? Um, no, not right now. Um, we did a bunch of writing, um, over the year and, you know, we still got to kind of finish some of those songs and, you know, we're hoping to kind of, you know, get, start getting some of those releases out next year. It's just, I've been so busy, you know, it's so tough. It's yeah. like, you know, Derek's down in Florida now I'm here, you know, we just built out the second studio. So it's about him and I just trying to really coordinate and right, we'll, kind of get put together, but we've been done and we'll, we'll hopefully have something out, you know, next year is, is the goal. When you came out with Impact, I, I loved it so much. You guys know that. Um, and when you said you were coming out with a new album, I was like, but how can they top that? There's like, there's no way they're going to be able to put out something better than Impact. And then you did. And I'm listening in my, in my car on my way up. I'm listening to Torn and Bleeding and Secret Me and all the stuff off your last one. And I'm like, holy shit, these guys actually did better on, their, on, the, on their, this album than they did on Impact. How do you guys, how do you guys continue topping what you do? Well, in, well I, I mean... <laughs> Those songs are actually, those are up the first record. The first record is actually Prospect Hill. The second one is Impact. And then the latest releases after Impact were Manchester, um, Get Out, um, uh, what was the, I can't even think, Step Out of Line, the one that you actually were involved in, um, in the music video. And, uh, and the, the last one that we released, Celebrate, which we released this year. And what's on that one? Because maybe I didn't. Maybe I don't know about that one. Well, those are just singles. So okay. we actually haven't released a, a full record since Impact. Okay. Um, so I always just, thought Impact was your first record because that's the first one that I listened to. So I guess I just yeah, got no, that for, wrong. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it, you know for all the OG fans, there was a um, record when we were called um, Driven, which was Out of the Ashes, and then we then there was another record um, called Out of the Ashes. Then there was the record for the Lovers, the Haters, and the Dead. And then there's the Prospect Hill self-titled that's available everywhere and Impact that's available everywhere. So all of our old, old, old records um, that were just kind of released locally are not available for streaming or anything like that, which I think, you know, to be honest, I think we're going to um, end up getting those out there for all the OG fans because there's always a demand for it. People are always hitting us up like, hey, where, why can't I stream these old songs? So I think that's something that at least fans can look forward to is, is us releasing some of the old stuff and putting it back out there. Um, and you know, I guess, you know, the goal is to at least get a, a couple singles out next year, putting out a whole record and, and doing that is it's a lot of time commitment and it, we're just so busy right. right now. It's tough. And you've all got your own different little projects too. You have another band that you play with. It's called, uh, let me see if I can remember it. Is it Ono Octopus? Is that it? Well, yeah. So Ono Octopus is actually Sean and I, um, as, as music producers. So we're a production duo and we're actually, you know, we work with other artists and we help produce them and, and get their music out. And we work with independent labels, major labels, major hit songwriters with that, with that project. And uh, we got a, we're working on our catalog right now. We have a ton of songs that we're going to start releasing next year as well um, as our own music, but it features all these other artists, you know, they give it as like the chain smokers, but more alternative. Right. Right. So how do people get in touch with you? Say somebody's watching this, they're in, they're in a band, they know someone in a band, uh, and they could use your expertise to try and get to the next level. How do they get in touch with you? Do they just come in? Do they call? Do you have a website? Yeah, they could just hit uh, red13studios.com. Um, there's a phone number, there's a contact uh, form on the site. Either one is going to get them to um, to, to our studio manager, Carlos or Sean, if, if, if Carlos isn't working. And from there we, you know, we can get them in, we kind of do an intake on them, understand where they're at, what they need for their project. And you know what, what I do is I build out a custom plan and then we just utilize our whole team to start executing and getting them elevated to where it is that they need to be. Excellent. Well, listen, we, we hope that you can make another million dollars on this because you're, <laughs> because well, listen, you're super talented and you're using your talents to help other people. Most people in your position would just kind of take the money that they've made and just keep trying to do that. And you're actually, you know, you're actually taking the money that you made on Prospect Hill and you're trying to help other artists, which I think is pretty cool, especially since you're spreading it out. You're not just doing other, other bands that do the same kind of music you do. You, you're breaking out into all kinds of different genres. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and to be honest, like, you know, any of the, the money that was made into prospect till was right back into prospect till. So we never really, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you build it up and there's finances and, and there's a little bit of money to be made, but the most of that went into just continuing and making sure that the brand is still alive. Um, with this venture, you know, is basically utilizing up my own personal funds and, and bringing on some investment partners that actually believed in what I was doing based off of the stuff I did with Prospect Hill, which was, which was great. So that's kind of how this thing actually financially got started, you know? Right. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. I love promoting you guys as, as much as I possibly can because I love your music and I love you guys. Um, and I just can't wait to you. I'm, I'm sorry that I missed your Halloween bash. I think it's the first one I've missed in a while. And, uh, and, and I think I, I, I think I emailed you like right afterwards and was like, listen, I'm sorry I missed it. When's the next one, but you don't have another date yet. So. I don't no, want to, but we'll get something up there. We'll definitely do a couple shows next year as well. All right. So, so I don't want to wait till next Halloween. No, no, we'll get something going. All right. I, I'm hoping that we'll do something in the spring or summer. All right, great. Listen, I hate to let you go, but I have to because I have to start my show at two. We're either going to run this later on today, or we're going to run it as part of next week's show. But I'll let you know when it runs, and we'll we'll tag you and all that. Awesome. Let me know, and I'll push it. 
All right, and thanks for always. Let me, let, let me know if you want to come down and come check it out firsthand. Yeah, no, in the next couple of days I will. I'll, I'll shoot you a message. And um, what was I going to say? And thanks for always supporting the Valley Patriot too. I mean, all, all our charity stuff. You're always doing that, and um, you know, you guys do it for free, and it's definitely appreciated. I don't know if I ever thanked you, but I do appreciate it. I appreciate. It. Send me also send me an uh, an, uh, an ad sheet in regards to getting something put in the, the paper now that I'm local. Too. Really? Now you're talking my language. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you a good ad package too. We'll, we'll, we'll even throw you some free stuff on the show. So, send me whatever you can. Let me all right, look at. I'll send it to the team. Awesome. All right, tell Adam and all the guys uh, that I said hello, and Don and all you guys that aren't front men, you know, all the producers and stuff uh, that we hang out with backstage when you're at Wally's. Tell them I, I said hello and I missed you guys, and I'll come see you the next time you're uh, you're live. Will do. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Mark Robrush from the band Prospect Hill. I uh, love, uh, love those guys. Uh, they're local guys making good, and, uh, and we love to have them on the show. He's been on the show a few times. We'll have, at some point, we'll have them come in and play a song or something. It's just a matter of trying to coordinate it with everybody's schedule. So thanks so much, Mark. Take care, Tom. All right, brother. Thank you. Bye. All righty. So a uh, pretty good show today, I thought. Um, I really like that Matt McLennan interview. I, I, as I'm sitting here watching my interview with, um, with Mark Robers from Prospect Hill, uh, which, by the way, if you get a chance to see them live, you need to, you need to do that. They're a lot of fun, a lot of audience participation. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what a great interview with Matt, though, because he really has his finger on the pulse minute to minute as to how the real estate market is going. And everybody's really nervous about their real estate prices. Everybody's really worried about if COVID lasts longer, is, it, is this bubble going to crash? And he seems to say no. He seems to think that, no, this is going to keep going at least for a while. And that's all good news, I think, for the economy. I think it's good news for the city of Methuen. Certainly, it's good news for the city of Lawrence. Who would have thought that Lawrence would be doing so well? And I, th- I was going to ask him this. We didn't get a chance as we wrap up the show. But, um, but I, I really think I, w- I want to attribute some of what's going on in Lawrence as far as real estate uh, is going and the success of Lawrence to um, the, p- the new police chief who's been here, I think, now three years. We're calling him new, but he's been here about three years, um, really cleaning up the crime in Lawrence and putting cameras everywhere and making it really difficult for criminals to apply their, their trade. Um, and I and I also have to, although it pains me, but I have to um, say that Dan Rivera is a large part of that. And Lawrence Mayor Dan Rivera made the news. We broke the story last night around seven thirty, and uh, the rest of the news uh, picked it up off our Twitter feed. Of course, nobody gave us credit for it, as they generally don't. I'm used to that after seventeen years. Um, that Dan Rivera is uh, resigning as mayor of Lawrence. He's leaving to take a job with Charlie Baker. And what's interesting about that is that he's getting the job at Housing and Urban Development. It's, it's not Housing and Urban Development. So don't quote me. I'm not being exact, okay? I'm not being literal. Um, but it's like the head of like mass, mass development. It's, it's, um, it's, I think it's a, it's a public-private partnership with the state. And uh, it's a, like a $210,000 job that he's getting. Not bad. Not bad for a kid from Lawrence, right? I mean... Uh, if you look at Dan Rivera's history, um, served honorably and admirably in the United States Army. He was an MP, and he got out, and he came back to Lawrence, and he bought a home, and he got married, and ran for city council, and won. 
served a few terms in the city council, ran for mayor, and won. And by the way, didn't just win, he beat Willie Lantigua, which at the time was huge, was huge, because people in Lawrence were desperate to get rid of Willie Lantigua. And we've talked about the vote of fraud that went on during that election in the previous election. Uh, Dan has had a rocky road. We've had some things that we have vehement disagreements on. We've talked about it on this show. But I wish him well. I think he's not a bad guy overall. And I wish he was a little less stubborn. I wish he would defer to people that know a little bit more about him, more than him on some things, like the homeless issue and some other stuff. Um, But I'm wishing him well because I think having him in a position like that is going to help the city of Lawrence. Um, I'm pretty sure, knowing Dan the way that I do, and we do have a love-hate, hate-love, love-hate relationship, um, I, I know that he loves Lawrence. He loves the city of Lawrence. And I know he's going to use his new position with the, with the state to try and help the housing stock in Lawrence. One of, the, one of the huge problems Lawrence has, one of the big barriers to Lawrence's success, is that you've got 90,000-plus people crammed into seven square miles, with a mile and a half of that being ch- carved out by the river. So it's not even really, it's not seven and a half square miles of inhabitable land. It's more like four miles of inhabitable land. And so Lawrence needs more housing. We don't need more low-income housing, by the way. And I think Dan gets that. More low-income housing is a drain in all city services. What, we, what Lawrence really needs is moderate to higher-income housing. Get rid of the six tenements and make them three. Get rid of the three tenements and make them one. And I think Lawrence, a little bit of gentrification in Lawrence is going to help out a lot. And as Matt said, because property values are going up so much in Lawrence, you may just see an automatic gentrification. Because if the property values go up, property taxes go up, which means they have to, they have to charge more for rent. And if they're charging more for rent, for people who can't afford it, they leave and go somewhere else where they can afford it. They might go to Lowell, they might go to Framingham, they might go to Waltham. Um, that helps Lawrence, by the way. You can't have all of the poor people in one place at the same time, and try to and try to change it, try to make it more successful. It just doesn't work. So good luck to him, and uh, we want to thank all of our sponsors. You can roll that up for me. Um, not bad. We're only 17 minutes over today. It's, we're actually early compared to what we normally do. Um, want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate. Want to thank Matt McLennan for coming in, zooming in, skyping in, whatever it is that he did uh, to talk about real estate. And that's something if you own property, you should go back and you should watch that again. Um, I learned a lot, and I always know when I watch the second time, I pick up more. Uh, we want to thank AFC Urgent Care. You can still get your COVID test, I believe. You go online, you register, you pull up in your car, they give you your COVID test, you're all good to go. And usually within 24 to 48 hours, they let you know if you're no more 14-day quarantining and all that baloney. Marsane and Sun Construction. I know it's getting cold out, but you know what? You might want to put on an additional room in your house. You might have a problem with your basement, your attic. Give Marsane and Sun a call. Borelli's Deli. Went and picked up my deli meats yesterday. Love Borelli's Deli. You can pick up your Valley Patriot there. We, uh, we even have them on the front page this month, which I love in that little skybox corner. Uh, who else do you have? Clear Path for Veterans New England. I think they might be here next week. We also have another guest coming in next week to talk about some Lawrence homeless feeding stuff. And Andover Optical. We love Andover Optical. Please go there. Get your second pair of glasses. Get your, what do they call those things? Uh, you stick in your eyes. I'm so old. I just love lost my memory. What do you call those things? Uh, Eye drops? Uh, no, the to see. It's in a glasses. Uh, contacts. Sounds like contacts. 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 <laughs> go get your contacts. Go get your lenses. Oh man, I'm getting old. When you can't remember a word like contacts, you know it's time. 
You know, it's, I used to make fun of my mom because she'd go through nine names before she'd get to mine. She'd be like, Danny, DJ, Taylor, blah, 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 and then she'd get to my name. And I used to laugh. Now I'm doing that. I got someone in my office, and I'm like, Bill, John, Sandy, uh, Nancy, Nancy. Um, who else do we have? A free uh, shout-out to Don at Don Sign Tech. We love Don. North Andover Car Wash. We're doing a car wash caravan next week. We're all going to North Andover Car Wash in a caravan to get our car washed. Then we're all going to the Irish Cottage to get nachos at the Irish Cottage. The best nachos anywhere in the Merrimack Valley. Ben Kitchen, thank you, my fine producer. I want to thank Dave Garaflo here at Two Guys Smoke Shop and Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.